Hello everyone, welcome back to Grown Ups the podcast. How are you Ellie? Hello everyone, happy Monday. I'm good, I've been mad productive already so positive vibes. But this week is not about us, we have a special guest with us, super exciting. Lisa, do you want to introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about you, where you're from, what you do? Hi, Maggie and Ellie. My name is Lisa. As you guys know, I am Miss World Mauritius. Um, By day, I am a senior education consultant. And yeah, I'm preparing for Miss World 2023 at the moment. So exciting. We've got a real pageant queen with us today in the building, (laughs) in the remote building. Let's start off. How did you get into pageantry? How did you come to competing in the Miss Mauritius competition last year? Right. So this is a very unique story. And I think that sometimes when the going gets tough as well, when preparing for Miss World, I remind myself that like this is supposed to be, this is where I'm supposed to be because I knew very little about pageantry before entering the world of Miss Mauritius. I was actually just interning at a local radio station in Mauritius between my undergrad and my master's. Um, And then one day, it was a cyclone day. Again, I was wearing camo jeans, t-shirt, just not at all ready for any kind of outing. Um, I get in the building and a journalist asks me to accompany her. So I just got in the building. It was like late morning because there was a cyclone, there was no public transport. So I managed to get a lift really late into the office. Um, Didn't ask any questions, just got into the van. And in the van, she reveals that we're going to a Miss World press conference. I didn't even know that the current Miss World was in Mauritius. I didn't know who she was. I didn't really know what Miss World was apart from kind of hearing about it here and there as anyone else, I guess. Um, But when we arrive, we meet the Miss World press conference. Um, It's going really well. I'm asking loads of questions because I'm genuinely just intrigued and genuinely clueless about what all of this entails of. Um, And again, because I was speaking fluent English, as opposed to perhaps other people who weren't speaking fluent English, I, I guess, just stood out. And at the end of the interview or the press conference, I went over to the Miss World. And at the time, um, the then Miss World was Tony Ann Singh, Miss Jamaica, and she had won the pageant in 2019. So we were just talking and she's like, oh, girl, you're so pretty you should do Miss World or something along the lines of that, right? And this day, I do not feel pretty at all. I just take it as a compliment that a classic Miss World would give another girl. And I thought that was really kind. And I was like, oh, you're really pretty as well. Thank you so much. But I don't think anything of it until she then gets the chairwoman of Miss World to come and speak to me. And again, I don't know who this is. I just see, you know, a woman coming over, seems really, really kind. Um, and then we start talking. And I feel like that was, without even knowing it, maybe it was kind of like a pre-interview or just to get the gist of what I was doing. And at the time I wanted to go to Oxford to study African studies, to then come back to Mauritius and work for Mauritius and the African continent. Um, and then they start telling me that you know I sound like I could be a really good ambassador for Mauritius and I sound like I would fit 
I would fit really well with the Beauty with a Purpose initiative. And I didn't know that, you know, you'd have to be an ambassador of your country because if you, if anyone knows anything about me before Miss World, before Miss Mauritius, before anything like that, I've always just been so hard with repping my country wherever I go. Um, I used to talk about it all the time and um, like introduce my friends to the foods and the culture and talk about it on my social media. It was just, I just love Mauritius in general. So I think that came out when I was speaking to them. And then they're talking to me about applying to my national pageant so that I can make it to Miss World. And again, I don't really think too much of it. I've never considered entering any kind of pageant before this moment. Um, but then they put me in touch with the, my national organization and then it would take it from there. And in 2020 as well, there was the COVID pandemic. So there was no contest that year. So I went back to England. I was in Mauritius at the time did my master's, completely forgot about this, I guess, this encounter and this possibility until almost at the end of my master's degree, I get a reminder email that the Miss Mauritius organization is actually having the contest this year. This was now 2021. And then I was like, why not? Because I am about to finish my master's studies. I don't really know what I'm going to do afterwards. So I just use this opportunity to get into it. This all happened in your capacity as a reporter, right? So you, when you were you were originally there just to interview Miss World to see to get to get some information about that, it was nothing to do with you going because you wanted to apply for that role yourself. Absolutely not. And I was an intern as well, and this was in January, so I just started the internship. I ended up staying there for nine months because of COVID, but I was only supposed to do a three month internship, so I was not. I hadn't come to this press conference or this internship with any motive other than getting some work experience. And I remember um, like on the way back, because we had a cameraman with us, we had a journalist and then another journalist and like the driver. So we had a little team that went from where I was working and everyone was like so excited. And we got back to the office and everyone was like, guys, guess what? Liz has been recruited by Miss World, all of this. So it was a bit of my claim to fame for like a couple of days after this event. It was really funny, but yeah, it just happened from that. Um, and then again, didn't expect much out of it, but I feel like it's always the best way, isn't it? When you don't really have expectations or have put too much pressure on yourself, um, applied, uh, I spent my summer in France as well. So I was just at the gym one day and I'm getting messages to tell me to check um, the live press conference in Mauritius. So I go on Facebook in the middle of my workout and there I am being announced as one of the candidates of the Miss Mauritius cont contest. Um, and then I called my mom and it was just like, I guess we're going to Mauritius. <laughs> so we had to wait for the borders to open on the 1st of October because the borders were still closed in Mauritius. And bless my mom as well. Like she made a huge sacrifice in coming with me. 1st of October, me and her just get on the plane and we're like the first people to arrive in Mauritius. It was just such a, like a whirlwind, crazy moment that we didn't really have time to understand what was going on. And we just went for it. Um, I won the contest. Again, I didn't realize that I'd have to stay in Mauritius for the period of my reign. So that was another surprise. And it was just something like events following one another. Yeah, I love this. Like, it's just, it's so far from our nine till fives. And like, 
I feel like since the day I was born, I've planned out my life. Like I've always been like, what's next? What's next? What's next? Like I have a five-year plan constantly. And I just love the spontaneity and the fact that you were just like, I'm just going to take each day as it comes and look to where, it, look at where it's got you. Like it's so different yeah. to any other journey that I've heard of. Yeah. I just, and yeah, actually, I love that. I'm, yeah, I'm the same actually. I didn't really realize that how spontaneous that would have been because I'm someone who loves planning as well. But I think alongside that, if you like planning, you probably do have an anxiety when you don't know what's coming next. So like after your master's degree, not knowing what job you're going to have. So that was quite anxiety inducing as well. So I think it was like, yes, it was a brave decision, but I think it was also a kind of safety net, at least knowing what was coming after like this big end of university step kind of thing. Because you went to Oxford to do a master's in African studies, right? Yeah. So originally your plan was to do that and go into what? So, well, my plan was always going to be to return to Mauritius at some point. It was always going to be, I did African studies because it encompassed Mauritius and that was the way that I could focus on the African continent and Mauritius. But I wanted to become more kind of a policymaker, um, especially a conflict resolution specialist, something along the lines of diplomacy and um, yeah, that kind of thing. So even though pageantry is so far from what I wanted to be doing, I do find that what I initially wanted to do is not, like I can still incorporate that in what I'm doing right now because I'm still an ambassador of Mauritius. I still have to go to a international platform and represent my country and I guess like improve relations between Mauritius per se and the rest of the world. So it's kind of, doing the same thing but in a very different way yeah I love that I think like just listen to you speak and our listeners us here we can tell like you're not just a pretty face I mean you said you rocked up in camo jeans and they still wanted you like you were just <laughs> you were just yourself so last week we did an episode on pretty privilege and it's kind of just like these pageants they look like they're just about how beautiful you are and what you look like but actually you, you've shown just in the short snip that it's so much more about who you are as a person and your aspirations so do you think that's like a, a common misconception and what does what does a pageant even entail like do you just walk the runway and look pretty or like what is yeah, it I think that's a huge misconception and that's a misconception that even I had before getting into pageantry because I did imagine the glitz and the glamour of it all and you know wearing nice dresses and wearing nice shoes and makeup and hair um which is really fun it's a really fun part but actually really, really luckily, I am so fortunate that that specific press conference was Miss World and not other pageants because I do feel like Miss World, I'm so well suited for that one pageant. I'm not saying that I wouldn't be well suited for other pageants, I don't know, but especially this one because at the core of it is the Beauty with a Purpose initiative and that is like such a big part of the entire pageant and that's about doing good and doing good for your country and working within your country making an impact um so that's something that I wanted to do anyway so that's perfect for me um what does it entail of Miss World is actually very you have to be quite well-rounded as an individual so yes you have to be pretty and um walk well and present yourself well I, that's not any secret it's still a beauty pageant but you also have um, to communicate really well and present yourself and your country really well. So apart from the project that you lead or carry out in your country, 
you have um, a head-to-head -head round where you are able to present yourself and basically kind of sell your country um, on an international platform. There is a sports round as well. So um, you have athletics. Oh, yeah. That's mad. <laughs> I'd be out. <laughs> Me too. That's it. Now I can't do it. I could have done it before, but now I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Is that part? <laughs> Is that part? <laughs> yeah, but like there's swimming as well. So I didn't even realize that until the other day, actually. And like really randomly, my gym now has a swimming pool. So I've been going like quite often. And at the beginning, I was taking it so lightly. But then like a few days ago, I realized the swimming thing in Miss World. And I've been like timing my laps. Like, you know, I have like goals now. So it's really funny. And there's like a penalty shootout. I've definitely seen that in some of them. I'm going to have to brush up on my football skills. I um, have to watch this. This is so much. You guys it's giving Miss Congeniality. Like, I'm actually shocked. <laughs> you have to watch it. I was so surprised as well, because again, it's something that I've had to learn. I've never grown up wanting to do Miss World or wanting to do a pageant. So I didn't know about all of this, all of these things before going and informing myself about it. And I was just as shocked as anyone would be um so there's a talent round as well so everyone has to have a talent um not gonna reveal mine yeah <laughs> um there is a like the beauty with a purpose round is actually really intense so it's kind of it looks like a courtroom I don't really know exactly what it is and you have to go and like defend your project and amongst like 140 amazing projects and amazing contestants prove why yours deserves to win this round um, and then there's your top model round which is like very generic you know catwalk and then local designer so you and you work with a local designer and design your own outfits and again it's 30 days of competitions almost every day there is something so it's very intense you have to wake up super early hair and makeup already done at breakfast and just rehearsing all day for the final but I think, yeah, like it's a really big misconception. A lot of people see the final show and think it's like, wow, that's so fun. But they don't realize that before that final show, we have to get there an entire month before. So when we get to the final, we have to like, you know, find some energy from somewhere to give it our best. And then obviously, obviously as, as you've probably seen, you have the questions on stage for those who access, I think it's like the top 10 or six or something. So that's quite nerve wracking as well. I think it will be a massive surprise to our listeners that it's not just, you know, you have to be pretty and do, because I think most of our perceptions is from Miss Congeniality, <laughs> which if you haven't seen it, you need to see it. So yeah. It's a really good film, but it's actually so much more than that. It's about what are you bringing to the, what are you bringing to your country? What are you going to do outside of being beautiful and how are you going to use your intelligence and your skills and your talents? So you have a beauty with a purpose project Talk to us about that and what you've been doing in Mauritius. Yeah, but like, um, I think as you say, you have to represent your country. You It forces you to like dig deep because yes, you can be Mauritian, you can be Brazilian, you can be British, you can be whatever, but do you actually know, you know, the social causes that you want to defend of your country? Do you know the ties that you want to create on behalf of your country? So that's quite an interesting point as well. But my Beauty with a Purpose project is probably my favorite part of the entire Miss World experience. It's the part that I think is the most genuine and allows you to like connect with your community on a deeper level um, and not just representing your country or um, 
your community, but also being involved for an entire year. So I've been Miss Mauritius for like a year and a half now. So I've been involved for so long with these people. Um, mine is called Nulatea Nulafos, and it translates roughly to um, our roots, our power. And it's about benefiting or um, using Mauritian soil in order to grow our own crops. I think we produce way too little of our own food. Food is so expensive and we do have problems of food insecurity for certain people in the country. And especially where I've grown up, I grew up in a very humble, in a very you know normal, underprivileged area. Um, so I've known the people that I'm currently working with pretty much my entire life. So it means so much to me to be able to, with this platform, actually do something with them and for them. Um, and it's about empowering a group of local women um, to become self-sufficient and to also combat food insecurity in their own households and in their communities um, by teaching them how to plant, um, setting up the spaces to plant in their gardens or on their rooftops for those who don't have enough space. So I've been working with experts um, and I've been working with loads of companies to also sponsor the items. So like gardening tools, rainwater tanks, because we're trying to make it as self-sustainable as possible. Um, and also, yeah, equipping them with the knowledge. So that means organizing courses, focus groups, all that kind of stuff to be able to get them to begin their planting journeys. Um, they started a couple of months ago now, actually. So we've been moving quite quickly. And I think now we're at a good level. And I'd like, I'm going back to Mauritius in a few weeks. So I'd really love to see them. I'd really love to do something along the lines of helping them to set up like a local market so that they're not only benefiting themselves, but also able to like sell the produce at a subsidized rate and then benefiting the rest of the community. Um, also taking the project into a couple of schools, um, which I've started doing already. But again, when I go back, I'm just going to continue doing that in schools to just raise awareness on the importance of local food production. Because I think like even me before this project, I guess, was not knowledgeable enough about stuff like this. And it is so cru crucial to be able to, to be able to share knowledge about that, especially to young people when there is a food security issue in certain communities. I think that is such a beautiful project and it's so amazing how you can start with just a couple individuals and then literally branch out to an entire area and it's beautiful that you're doing it with people you know like you're giving back to people who you know they say it takes like a village to raise a person right so you're giving back to people who actually made you who you are today and that's just yeah that's so nice I think for me in terms of like all this competing and stuff immediately I'm just like <laughs> but in the corporate world I'm definitely full victim to this, but I always compare myself. I'm like, okay, where should I be in my life? Should I be doing this? Oh my God, I should know that. Like, why don't I know that? Do you ever get that in pageantry? Like, do you ever compare yourself to other competitors or is it just in your own lane? Yeah, you definitely have that. I think even in the term, in terms of the working world, like I compare myself in pageantry to people who are not even doing pageantry and in normal jobs. And I'm like, oh, well, this person is this far in their career and I feel like I've been missing out because I'm not fully fully in the career that I want to be in yet um so it's that even without even like outside of the world of pageantry you have 
a huge comparison that you do with literally everyone, which is so bad. But then within pageantry, of course you have comparison because you're going up against 140 beautiful girls, intelligent girls, like really, really smart people who are basically amazing ambassadors of their countries. And especially coming from a small island as well, I think this is one of my main challenges is trying to feel like I deserve to be there or trying to feel like my voice is as valued as other voices because Mauritius is so small and so many people don't know about it. We've never had a Miss World, so we've never won this contest. So coming into that as a Miss Mauritius, it can be really intimidating and daunting um, as opposed to, I don't know, I think if Mauritius had won a lot of times or if we were a really big sash factor, we call that in pageantry country, um I'd have I'd be able to have a lot more of that confidence but I definitely that's something that I need to work on to be to feel like okay yes my island is tiny we are not well known people won't even know who I am going there they might not be as excited about my, me and my performance and my dresses and my wardrobe and my stylist but the good thing about Miss World is it's probably the pageant that where you can get really far by being who you are. So I keep having to remind myself of that. And um, so you have a closed door interview as well, which no one gets to see. And that's just between you and the judges. And I really hope that you're my true self and you know my true intentions and my message and my project are able to come across in that one-to-one -one kind of interview. Because if I was to think about it in the sense of like, oh, it's the Olympics or it's the World Cup. And I think I would be setting myself up for failure. So I'm just hoping that amongst all of these, like amongst all of the show that they're able to still see that Mauritius is as mighty as other countries. I think already you've put Mauritius on the map for so many people, even on a localized level I mean both Ellie and I have gone to Mauritius now to go on holiday even telling mm -hmm. my parents that I was going there my parents hadn't heard of Mauritius before I didn't even know the word for it in Portuguese I didn't know what the country name was in Portuguese so I think already you're doing that and those things are waves right so they they keep multiplying and multiplying and already I can see on pageant pages people are picking up Mauritius which is great you know to put in putting you in the top 10 for potential winners my question to you is now that you've done the Miss Mauritius competition and now you're going into Miss World what advice would you give to someone who's going into the whole pageantry world in general that you wish you knew beforehand that's a really good question and I wish that I had someone to give me so much advice before going into it um my advice would be to do your research because it's not as easy as people think. It's not as easy as you're going to think. Even doing your national contest, preparing for an international one is a whole other ball game. There is so much more to prepare for. There is so much, there's just, the stakes are so much higher. Um, there's so much more pressure on you because you're not only representing yourself now, but you're going to be representing your country. And people can be critical. Like if someone from Mauritius doesn't like what they see, they can be, you know, they could say really nasty stuff about, well, we don't like this delegate. I, we don't think she's pretty enough or smart enough to represent us. So yeah, so I would say definitely do your research um, and do the work on yourself to make sure that you're mentally and also financially ready to go into it because it's something that costs you a lot of money 
Um, my entire family is so invested, thankfully, but a lot of people might not have this family support or network support. So I can't even imagine what it would be like to not have my family because I think they're the only people or the main people helping me and who know exactly what I'm going through. Um, so yeah, so definitely make sure that you're ready for it because it's the worst thing if you think it's going to be really easy and you take it really lightly and then it's it's a big shock afterwards it's kind of what happened to me but luckily I've had the support to be able to deal with that immensity of the preparation I think that's good advice to everyone in life prepare <laughs> do your research please don't go into anything yeah. blind because <laughs> yeah. boy life's harder than we expected this whole adulting thing is harder than I expected like would someone give me some advice yeah definitely and like the same with any other thing right of course pageantry is such a big part of my life at the moment but as any other human being I have so many other responsibilities so like you're dealing with this huge responsibility on one side but then you have to make sure that you're able to cope with that but also cope with dealing with everything else so like you know your family life your social life your job um just any other admin things that you have to do and also, also for being a Miss World you do have to be really well-rounded so it's not even like you can drop any of the extra things you could do it's like you could say okay well don't go to the gym as much then but then it's like I need to because that's so important for the sports round or I need to practice that my my talent because that's so important for Miss World so it's like you can't really drop anything um but yeah just definitely for anything that you're going into be prepared know what it entails of and also make sure that you're going to be able to time manage like to be able to deal with that but also just everything else that's un unexpected that's just life yeah I think that time management is key like boy I was working till one o'clock last night so my time management oh. is not it <laughs> but how what would your advice be to people like how do you manage your time how do you just cope with everything that you have on your chest like um I guess well I've always just had a planner like no matter what I've been doing in my life because I just I'm very forgetful and I need to write every single task that I have to do in the day in my planner so that I can do it. Um, so definitely write things, especially going into pageantry. I can't imagine anyone going into pageantry without a planner because it's like, if you forget something, there is no one around you that will know that you have to contact this designer to make sure that they're on it with the designs. Like you just keep, you just forget. There's so many things to, to do. There's so many responsibilities that only you are doing. So if you're not doing them, then they're just not going to be, do be done. So yeah, definitely write things down. But also at the moment, I'm making sure that I'm getting enough sleep because it is a really long process of preparation. And like, if you're just exhausted and burnt out, then it's just not going to be good for any anyone. Um, but yeah, also discipline. But that's something that I guess I'm still working on as well. And that's, I, I would, I would, I feel even... I'm really productive as a person, but I feel so out of place, like giving advice to other people because I'm not a hundred percent at all, even though people might think that I am, but like, I definitely have a lot of work in terms of like being disciplined and putting my phone away when I need to, you know, it's just general young people slash life things. Completely hear that. I think I'm exactly the same. I have to write everything down. If it's not written down, it doesn't exist and it will never happen again. Um, So I, fu <laughs> I fully hear that one. Do you ever think you feel imposter syndrome because you did you have won a competition already you are Miss Mauritius or do you feel like actually no I deserve to be there like I, as I should 
Yeah, um, I definitely feel imposter syndrome with Miss World because it's not the same level as just the national contest. I'm quite lucky in the sense that I do feel imposter syndrome, but I don't actually let it impact my performance and how I act. So like, I think, I don't know, I think it would be quite unrealistic to expect someone to never have imposter syndrome ever because it's just, we're just humans and we do have that sometimes because we do just feel like we're not adult enough or we're still small and we can't cope with as many things. But it's about how you deal with that imposter syndrome. And luckily for me, like I don't really let it affect how I perform. So as long as it, it can, it's allowed to be there, but as long as I can manage it, it's it's okay. But wait yes, a second, yeah. Ellie, sorry. I'm really intrigued because you said you were working until 1 a.m. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, this happens sometimes. Like my, my job is very much like um peaks and traps. So there'll be times where you're chilling, you're out at the cricket like I was last week or like, you're out at breakfast and stuff like that and then there'll be other times where you have to make up for the work that you didn't do last week when you were out um plus I'm trying to do like a I'm trying to become chartered so it's like Ooh. work and study at the same time are you doing your exams yeah do you know what luckily I didn't want to be an accountant so there's no like 12 exams it's just a lovely piece of coursework which used to be my forte I'm hoping it still is and then like an hour interview where you have a chat about what you've done over the last two years which sounds nicer than it seems at the moment but we'll see that definitely sounds def that's definitely sounds worth being chartered at the end of it yeah so yeah it's, it's always worth having some extra letters to my name you know yeah. well, we like we've all got we've all got our bachelor's our master's I like it <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> yeah all of us gotta make myself feel good somehow eh um but no another question I had like I know you spoke about your beauty with purpose project which is just I love that like I, I love the fact that pageants think more like beyond looks um and I guess in terms of like purpose did you throughout life do you think there's just one main purpose that people have or do you feel like your purpose is constantly evolving and changing as you work on yourself and become better Ooh, that is a good question I think that you can have different purposes I don't think you have one main purpose for the rest of your life because you change so much you change environments you change the people that you're with you change age jobs everything so I think it would be so unrealistic to have like one main purpose of life of life I think it depends on your context and I think it's so okay to keep changing as long as you have a purpose I think because um and I know this sounds like such a Miss World response but I can't imagine living a life without purpose. I think that's actually one of my main fears and it's always been my, one of my main fears because life is so short and yes, it's here to be lived, but like try to live it intentionally, do something about it. Do, even if it's something like, I want to be the best family member that I can to like my brother or my mom or my dad, that is such a good purpose. And that is still something to strive for. And that's still something that keeps you going in tough moments. So it doesn't have to be something really big and Mother Teresa A E. Um, right now, my purpose is to, you know, represent my country really well, make an impact in my country, and hopefully beyond if I manage to win the title of Miss, if Miss World. But later on, my purpose, I think it will still always revolve around Mauritius and my country and advocating for social causes there, because I think that's been my purpose for a long time. But um, I'm sure that it will change its form and sometimes I wake up and my purpose is just to get through the day you know and just to be <laughs> grateful about the day so I think that's totally fine to have loads of different things that you strive for 
You heard it here first. Miss Mauritius also has days where she's just trying to get through it. <laughs> but I think oh that's, it's so important to say because I feel like um, social media especially really romanticizes this hustle lifestyle and you know you have to have this award and you have to be CEO of this and you have to be doing this this and this but actually the people who are just their purpose is to be the best mother that they can be or to literally just make sure that they get 30 minutes exercise a day like it doesn't have to be some grandiose thing it can just be it's your at the end of the day it's your life like it doesn't matter if if that's not what's something that you don't that you're striving for doesn't need to be like that um so I'm, I'm glad that you said that especially coming from someone who has achieved so much as well um some of the questions that we've asked you are based on what people have sent in to us to ask you um and one of the questions were around pretty privilege which is actually a subject that we did last week um but someone specifically asked at, you know being a miss if you've ever experienced pretty privilege outside of pageantry and before you joined this whole world of pageantry? Um, yes, obviously being in a pageant does have something to do with your look. So of course, within the world of pageantry, there's pretty privilege, but then everyone's pretty. So then how much are you privileged by being pretty? But definitely in life as well. Um, and I wouldn't ever deny that or shy away from that. I think different people have different privileges, um, being different people with different identities. And pretty privilege is just one of them. So I think it's okay as long as you're not using it to put someone down or to try to get ahead where you wouldn't usually get ahead. I think if you just use it as, you know, I have also intelligent privilege so because I went to Oxford people just assume I'm more intelligent and have something to say and maybe my opinion might matter more than somebody else's of course that's not always true but that's not what people impose on you you can't really do anything about so I guess it's how you you then how you then utilize that privilege that you're given um so with pretty privilege being Miss Mauritius is such a great platform and it's about how I use that platform um and make a difference using that love that on that note yeah. shall we jump into our new feature for our guest episodes so yes. we've got a grown-up section in keeping with the pod um and one of our questions one of three is describe being a grown-up in one sentence or word like what is being a grown-up when did you become a grown-up um I don't even think that I've had the moment of understanding that I'm a grown-up and I've been a grown-up for like eight years <laughs> so I've been a grown-up for a long time but I still don't feel like I've had that moment and I don't mm. even think I don't know if that moment ever comes like I don't maybe we should speak to older people about it maybe they'll have actual moments they can think of but personally for me I still feel like a young girl um but if I were to describe adulthood and you know just life as a grown-up it would be that it just gets harder in the least pessimist way ever life is so hard and that's okay and everyone's life is hard and I guess that's like why that's the reassuring part um and being an adult is about learning how to become better every day every minute every month every whatever that you need to 
to be able to deal with the next challenge and the next challenge and the next challenge. But I would say actually on the way to doing that, to not forget that like there's things to be enjoyed as well, because I think I especially forget that and I forget about enjoying the present moment. And that's something I need to get better at. I just think, okay, what's next? Like, what's the next challenge? What, how more can I, how else can I improve myself? How can I grow? How can I become the best version of myself? As good as that is, we do have to just chill sometimes and just be like, okay, well, I've got this far and I'm great how I am. But I think that's so, I, I wouldn't even know how to advise on that because I'm still so bad at doing that. I think that's such a good point. I remember um, my friend once, she said, you have to enjoy now because you used to think about this a few years ago. And I remember like at school, I always used to dream about finally being able to travel on my own. And now I'm doing that. And I didn't realize I didn't have that moment of gratitude because I was so looking forward to the next thing. And I really had to sit with myself and be like, no, but you're living something that you used to dream about now. And one day you'll be living something that you're dreaming about now in the future as well. So it's very important to be present um, as you're growing through adulthood. I guess you kind of said you don't feel like you're, you've had that one moment where you're just like, okay, I'm an adult, but ultimately you're not a teenager. You, you, you have independence in the sense of you have the freedom to make certain choices that maybe you couldn't before. And you've you've moved around by yourself so when do you feel like that happened for you did did the pageant have anything to do with that about the pageant having anything to do with that I do remember feeling because I was 24 when I entered Miss Mauritius and I was the oldest Miss Mauritius contestant um and a lot I think the maximum age you can be is about about 27 I think for Miss World so maybe past 26, you wouldn't do your national contest just in case you'd be too old for the international one. But I mean, I still had a couple of years to go, it was fine. But I think in Mauritius, it was just a very young year or maybe it's a young people thing. I don't know what the trend is usually. I remember being the oldest and the more feeling like I had accomplished a lot more and that I knew myself a lot more. Um, And I think I think you always you always feel like okay well now I've got it like now I know myself but you don't realize that you don't and like if you look back even one year back you're like what the hell like I'm so much more grown I'm so much more mature than I was then um so the pageant definitely taught me a lot about myself in that I had so much more to learn and actually before doing a pageant I'd never thought about myself this is really a shame it's gonna sound sad but I'd never thought about myself as me I'd always thought about myself about as as someone who had things to offer in that I was always associated with my education or being Mauritian and my experiences living in two countries and my masters and Oxford and just my musical talents like all of that but I'd never taken the time to even like describing myself in three adjectives, that was probably the hardest question that I struggled with out of the whole thing. Like that was not supposed to be the hardest question there. Um, and the hard questions I could answer because I was, I think I was, you know, intelligent enough to answer them. But when it came about to questions about me, you know, describe me, describe your fear, describe your purpose, describe, I had no clue. So that definitely taught me to look within (laughs) to speak to the manager within and actually understand what was going on so that was a really I remember like 
that happening and that was a really memorable memorable moment but um transition periods I definitely had a coming of age and I know this very well at like 16 because I think I gave it to myself I was like right I'm 16 now there's all the things I can do so I definitely gave that to myself but I always look back at 16 years old as like my coming of age moment um after that maybe it was like when I moved away I lived in Mexico I lived in Paris and things so that was like another period but it was another period of life and experiences but I wouldn't say that I like felt more adults. I just don't know when that happens, guys. You should interview like older people on this podcast and see what they have to say. It'd probably be so much more different. Oh, for sure. Ask and you shall receive, Lisa. We will get that older <laughs> older guest for you. <laughs> yeah, you should. Just like someone who's like lived life, you know, like lived ev- well, everything because you can't, but actually like done loads of steps that we haven't done. I think that'd be so interesting. Girl, I think you'll be surprised. There's probably people older than you who have not achieved half of what you've achieved. <laughs> but we, we will find someone for you. Um, on that note, sorry, I kind of merged the first two questions into one. But final question, any piece of advice you would give to your younger self? I actually feel really lucky in the sense that I've never deprived myself, personally me, of any experiences. Like I've always just gone for things. So I can't really say, you know, go for it. Don't care what other people think because I've just never, that's never been my priority anyway. So I'm really lucky in that I've grown up like that. Um, But I think maybe just like the classic, enjoy this while it lasts and time goes really fast because I have always been really self-critical. Like I've always had that in me and been really hard on myself in the sense I'm always pushing myself to achieve the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Um, and I still I guess I'd still give this advice to my present self because it's still something that I (laughs) am working on Um, just to enjoy the present moment and it's not always about where you're going it's more about it's not always about the destination is that a thing it's about the journey Mm -hmm. yeah so I think that's definitely something that I would tell myself like I really miss school days I miss uni days Um, and I as much as I had fun I definitely wouldn't change anything about those days like I really lived my life to the fullest but just to take some time out of being such a go-getter all the time to just be like chilling and enjoying where I was at something me and uh, Alicia do when we're on holiday and because you know when you're on holiday like if it's like a week it feels like it's going so quick and it's like oh my gosh mm. I was watching the sunset now I'm on now I'm on a plane <laughs> now it's raining like it happens so quickly and something me and Alicia do which I think helps in everyday life to just ground yourself. It's just to like close your eyes. We spin around. You don't have to do this. But, um, Anish. <laughs> so, that is so like you and Alicia in a tin. I, like literally, if I had to sell you as a couple, like I would just say that. No, just close your eyes and spin around. But um, the the point is, is that you open your eyes. And you point out something that you didn't notice before. And like, even it sounds so menial, but like, sometimes you'll be looking at something. It's like, oh my God, there's a windmill there. I didn't even realize there was a windmill there. Or, oh, there's that building. Or that architecture is really cool. And it just helps you to like, really just look at, just sit and look at something, which I think helps to really put you in the moment for a second. Um, But I'm sure there's, lots of ways and it is it is difficult especially when you are someone who's so motivated and 
someone who comes from humble beginnings like we all do to constantly be looking at the next thing and it's like I have to to reach this part and keep going and keep going on that note it's been very nice to speak to you Lisa it's very obvious why you won Miss Mauritius and we wish you the best of luck at Miss World thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Grown Ups the podcast thank Thank you guys for having me thank you yeah we'd love having you we hope our listeners love it as well if anyone has any suggestions, just as Lisa has given us today, please DM us at Grown Ups the Podcast or email us at Grown Ups the Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thank you. Bye.